Good evening. It's a lovely spot here by the Billabong. Well, it's a magical place where men can meet and swap their stories. I've been coming here for years. Heard stories from all over this place. Hell, I've been all over the place. Seen it all. I'm headed up to Broome next to see what I can find up there. They've been pulling pearls from the ocean since the 1800s. Tons. Tons of pearls, tons of stories, and tons of tragedy. I sit on the jetty and drink my beer. My arms ache. My legs are sore. I feel a tap on my shoulder and my fellow roommate and co-diver hand me some fried fish. We poured 50 kilos today. Not bad. I spotted a trench tomorrow. I'll go deeper and see what I can find there. Slowly I walk along the port. The men are cleaning the boats. They laugh and whistle as we walk past. The sun is bright and our work is done for the day. Broome has been my home since I was 16, having arrived from Indonesia to meet my mother. She had come out here long ago and was Anama herself for a long time, working for the local company. She dived for years until she married a local fisherman and moved down south to the city. I came down from the Philippines looking for work in the year 1903 and arrived in the small town of Broome. The place was a tiny village with a long stretch of cottages cut from local gum trees, which made up the main street. At the end of the town, the local Chinatown, where most of the workers hung out, drunk rum, smoked opium, once the work was done. The night is always hot and sweaty. I lay in my hammock and enjoy my cigarette. My roommate teases me about smoking, saying my lungs will be ruined and I won't be able to work anymore. Suits me. Slaving away under the spite of the Japanese ruling class. I'm 35 now and the days are getting longer and harder. I never met a man up here that wasn't a drunk or a gambler. So my hopes of marriage have long since faded. I sighed, resigned to my fate. Stubbed out my cigarette. Head out to Chinatown. Opium. It's the only treasure that we can enjoy up here. I lay in the smoke-filled den, covered with cheap red lanterns. The men and half-naked women staggered around in a haze. I drift off and dream of cooler climates. Six thirty, and we head out past the point and out onto the great big blue. Must be at least thirty-two degrees already. Bloody stinker! There are five ships in total, all filled with men and female pearl divers, crammed into every rotten corner. I adjust my goggles. Secure my knife to my belt and watch silently as the crewman throws over the anchor. I stand, take a deep breath, and down I go. Down and down I go. I hold onto the side of the reef and look for my spot. There she is, the trench. My lungs start to ache and I swim back up. I dive back down and deeper I go. The rope trails up to the boat as the men get ready to pull up the haul. A school of fish 
rush past my face as I pull myself over the trench and down into the small hole. There they are. I begin to pull an oyster, then another, and another. Soon the bag is full and a tug on the rope. The men pull the bag up quickly and I hold on hitching a ride slowly rising up. Better take it easy at this depth. I look back down as I rise up and near the hole is the biggest oyster I have ever seen. The size of a horse cartwheel. I gasp and take in some water and let go of the rope. My lungs start to burn and I kick hard for the surface. Jesus, that must have the biggest bloody pearl inside that shell, I think to myself. I climb back onto the deck, gasping, and the men are all gathered around in a circle. I stand up and see who it is. My roommate. Blood pours out of her nose. She's unconscious. The men shake her but eventually let her go. She got the bends. An hour later, we pull into the port and the men are all quiet. Nobody likes to lose a workmate. But it happens. It hurts them more when it's a woman. I couldn't stop crying the whole way back. So the men plied me with whiskey until I was asleep. You drink away your sorrows up here. I wake up in the cabin on the boat. The men have left me to sleep and the harbour is empty. I lay there and think of my dead roommate. I sit up and rub my sore head when I notice that the boat keys have been left in the ignition. The driver has forgotten them. I saw the boat and headed back onto the spot. There's no way I'm ending up like my old roommate, drowning in her own blood. I drop anchor and dive over. Down I go. The moonlight shines down brightly, down to the reef lighting my way. There it is. I start to pry it from the trench wall. It's huge. It takes all of my strength to get it wrapped in a rope. I swim up and climb on board. Slowly I pull up my prize. I swing it around and dump it on the deck. I pull back the Hitchin sack and there she is, as large as life. She's big. I pull out a screwdriver and attempt to pry it open. I leap back and fall over. Slowly it opens its mouth and it shows me. The biggest pearl I'd ever seen. At least the size of a watermelon. I slowly stand up, staring as it twinkles in the moonlight. Then it slams its mouth shut. (gasps) Oh, Oh, your your dreams. I drop the screwdriver, lean over the side of the boat and splash some water on my face. Must be hearing things. Must be the whiskey. Oh, oh, Again, I spun around, and the pearl opens its mouth. I stood in silence, stunned. I walked towards the pearl in disbelief, listening to its story. I have you here, I say. Why should I take you back? Your pearl is worth a fortune. 
I turned and walked up to the front of the boat to consider its offer. I smoked. I could hear the pearl calling from the back. It was early and I needed to get the boat back before I am caught. I walk back and I say, Show me a sign that this treasure is real. Prove it to me. Only I. Only I. No, 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 only I will show you. But you have to take take me back. You have to let me live. live. No, you must prove it first. I will show show you. I took the boat back and parked it. Two hours before work. Take me Take me down. I ran to the shed and took out a wheelbarrow. I loaded up the shell with all of my strength and wheeled it back to my room. I filled up a bucket of water and threw it over the pearl. Its mouth opened. Show me a sign. I'll keep you wet and then I'll take you back. Take me, take me back. The pearl was tricky and silent for a long time, then spoke. Where you found, where you found me? Look to the, look to the north. You will see your seals muscles. muscles. From there, from I, can there I can show you. If, if you take it back. With no sleep, I went to work. The men didn't mention the day before and they went about their duties and nothing was said of my former roommate. My only friend in the world. I was furious. They ignored her and got on with the job. I managed to swim off during the day and take a deep dive and look around. I swam along the surface of the shallow reef until it opened into a large downward sloping canyon and down I went. Lungs burning. I wedged my foot under the side of the canyon wall and peered around. The water was blue and clear, a perfect day for pearling. The sun shone down in waves as the fish swim around. There! Poking out of the bottom of the trench, what looks like a cross covered in mussels. I quickly swim to the top and take another deep breath. I dive back down to check my bearings. I swim closer. I swim down and I grab onto the mast and pull out my knife. I scrape off the muscle and tap, tap, tap the mast. Yes! Wood! Petrified! I'll be back tonight. So the pearl was telling the truth. I take the boat out early again and I have the oyster all wrapped up We arrive to our spot and drop the anchor. I unwrap the pearl and it opens its mouth. I tie up the pearl and lift it up on the pulley. Gently swing it onto the ledge of the boat. Its mouth opens slowly, about to speak. What do you think you're doing, little thief? I spin around and a Japanese man is standing there with a gun in his hand. He's stowed away. He's been watching me the whole time. You didn't think I noticed my boat was gone last night. And look what you have found. I found it. It's mine, I cry. It's yours. 
He snorts and walks over, his greedy eyes Why's bulging. A fortune? I gather never seen one so big. He runs his hands over the lip of the pearl and peers inside. Suddenly the pearl slams its mouth <coughs> shut, trapping the man and pulling him overboard. I look down and the bullet has hit my stomach, and I fall back over into the sea. I clutch my stomach as the blood drifts out into the ocean, my lungs filling with water. Slowly I sink, slowly I drown. This is the end. I watch as the pearl sinks, taking the man with him. He finally stops moving, stops fighting. As the pearl touches down onto the reef, it releases him, and I see it one more time, sparkling in the moonlight. The boat drifted out to the sea and was swallowed up. Down here I remain, cursed with my treasure, with my pearl, with my greed. Occasionally, a diver's eyes will bulge as they see me sitting on the floor, looking up. Stories began to be told about the ghost down there, the Amar who protects her treasure and watches all who dives near it. Hi there, and thanks for listening to the episode entitled Amar and the Pearl. The radio play was performed by the very talented Marie Lazardo and written by Adrian Barker. Sound production was recorded by Robert Healy. Please come back next time and join us by the Billabong.